Testing, one, two, three. This is the place to be. This is my Mike and I, Late Night Sessions, episode five. Welcome back, folks. And if this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. I am your host, Noah Alvarez. The Mike and I podcast, well, it's been on quite a journey. I've been trying to experiment with just a new format. Not sure if this is what the goal is going to be going forward or the future of the show. But in the meantime, while I can't interview as many people or people that I like to in the same capacity that I used to, just uh, thought I'd use this platform to still get some ideas and thoughts. I wasn't able to get a recording in during the month of June. And that kind of bums me out, but that doesn't mean uh, I can't do so in July and make up for lost time. So that being said, it's July 6th. I'm recording this in the evening. I'm currently in the city of Minneapolis in the state of 10,000 Lakes. That's the state of Minnesota. Um, I'll get into that just a little bit. But again, welcome to the Mike and I podcast. I am Noah Alvarez. Please like, subscribe, follow the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. I think this will be a shorter episode. We'll see. I know I've said that episodes will be shorter and then they tend to go longer than 30, 35 minutes. So your boy can talk. Your boy can definitely talk. But it's currently uh, 12.16 a.m. over here in Minneapolis, which is two hours ahead of California. So it's only 10, uh, just past 10 o'clock in Pacific time zone but enough of that um a couple things on the show today two topics that i really want to hit on one is you know being day one at minnesota kind of recap of what i did today and how i ended up taking this solo trip um and what i've learned already in the quick 24 hour span it hasn't even been 24 hours that i've been here so in the quick i would say 16 hour span that i've been in the new state by myself and then uh, another, the next topic I would like to talk about on this show is highlighting the show The Bear. It's on Hulu. It's also on FX. It's an FX produced show. Um, all 10 episodes of season two are on Hulu as well as season one. So obviously giving you an alert now, there definitely is spoilers for season two and even season one as I recap some of my thoughts and ideas about the show. Um, so obviously I'm going to do that second. So definitely, uh, if you haven't seen the show yet and you plan on watching the show, then definitely don't listen to that part until you have watched the show. And then of course we got the song of the week and the existential thought of the week. So yeah, we're back here. Episode five of the late night sessions. Let's take a quick break before we get into topic number one. You know, I've never been a big fan of uh, bubbly water, carbonated water, whatever you call that. Um, but I got to stay in Airbnb here in the city of Minneapolis and the Airbnb host was very nice enough to give me a Perrier. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Perrier, 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 <laughs> I don't know how you would say that. It's French. So uh, Perrier sounds kind of like right, but could be wrong too. Um, yeah, I'm sipping on this uh, at the end of the night and it's actually not that bad. Um, I don't know why I didn't like it as a kid. I remember trying that Canada Dry, and I don't know if it's the same exact thing, but oh, I mean, obviously as a child, I did not like the taste of that, and so I feel like that naturally kind of steered me away from wanting to try any sort of a bubbly water like that again, but um, 
come around on this. This is this is pretty nice. I think I'm gonna finish this tonight. She gave me two, so I might do a second one as well. Anyways, hey, again, I am Noah Alvarez. Topic number one of the day, as I kind of hinted at earlier, I'm in the city of Minneapolis, and it's day one of my five day, four nights trip. Uh, I'm really excited. I got here about five in the morning, really early. And um, sheesh, where do I start? But let, let's start a little long mm, last, this January. Okay, so January 2023. Th thanks to the wonderful app of TikTok, I got to meet a particular individual who lives in Minnesota. And we were chatting. It was just all, you know, via DMs. And then eventually we exchanged numbers. And then it happened to be that this person was going to San Diego uh, within, you know, two, three weeks of us chatting here and there very sporadically. It wasn't like anything super consistent, but, you know, she was like, hey, I'm going to be in San Diego. Um, I have like a day and a half that I don't have anything planned. I'm going to be myself that day and a half. So I was like, yo, I'm not that far. She took the train up to Orange County. We hung out. Great time. You know what I mean? Especially for not having met this person um, in person, right? We just chatted online and we met via a, an app. Um, but that beside the point, right? Uh, we were chatting here and there, um, still keeping in touch with each other. And around March or April, she was like, hey, like, you know, you should definitely come check out Minneapolis in the summer if you get the chance. And so I was like, oh, yeah, bet. Like, you know, things are going good at work and I was getting plenty of hours and I was able to save up enough funds and sure enough around May I was able to buy plane tickets and unfortunately around the second or third week of June she hits me with the news that well no person wants to hear but um you know she was unable to host me for the trip and basically unable to hang out with me at all um just not to share too many details but she just told me she got with a, a new boyfriend and the boyfriend wasn't a fan of having a strange guy come over and I totally get it. I was a little frustrated in the very beginning. Um, I thought I kept my composure really well because in the past I have tend to sometimes not shy away from my emotions and feelings and letting people know how I'm feeling and sometimes I can come off as very um, attacking, um, just very rude because I'll say some words that I regret saying later on. Um, but besides the point, you know, I had these plane tickets to Minneapolis and with three weeks left to go before my trip and before my flight, I was thinking about, well, hey, I could always cancel it uh, and see if I can get Expedia credit. I think I had done that in the past once, but, you know, it, it, it'd be tough to kind of just all of a sudden audible and find something that week because you know I am I am on a break between uh, football practice as well, so I wanted to do something during this time off. It would have been hard to kind of plan something so quickly, and you know I thought about it for about a couple of days, and I ultimately came to the decision to you know still keep the flight tickets and see if I could do this trip on my own. And I started budgeting and I started looking at what my expenses might be. Um, was able to find a very, very reasonably priced Airbnb for the, the five days, four nights that I'll be here. Um, 
So I'm super fortunate in that aspect. And yeah, I, I think because the Airbnb was such a good price compared to what I thought it was going to be, I was able to have a lot more playing around money and be able to, you know, plan this, that, and the other out. So yeah, I'm really excited for this whole weekend, really. But day one, I'll just go ahead and recap day one. Like I said, I actually flew out of LAX 11 o'clock Pacific time on, uh, what is that? That's the uh, Wednesday, right? So because it's already so close to midnight, we, or excuse me, I got into Minnesota, excuse me, Minneapolis. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank. I got into Minneapolis around uh, 4.30, 4.40 a.m. And uh, it was only about a three and a half hour flight but because of the time difference they're two hours ahead so it was already already uh, 5 a.m i rented a car for this first day because i wasn't going to be able to check into my airbnb till three o'clock so obviously i don't want to be lugging around my luggage how is that how you would say that carrying around my luggage till three o'clock especially like in a big city like that's no fun right so i was like okay you know what i'm gonna rent a car for the day and drive out to somewhere a little bit more secluded, a uh, wilderness area, and uh, have some fun. And I mapped it out, rented the car at 6 in the morning, and by 6 in the morning, I was on the road. Yes, I was short on sleep. However, the excitement for adventure was definitely keeping my adrenaline going. And I drove about two and a half hours north. First stop was at Jay Cook State Park in um, the state of Minnesota. Like I said, it's about two and a half hours away from the city of Minneapolis. It's really pretty. I was looking up different hikes that I could do, and I really like this bridge. It's a swinging bridge. Um, there's a river that runs underneath it. There's these like really cool jagged rock pictures or jagged rocks that makes for really great pictures. It's just a great scene. You can hike too. There's a few easier trails. I think too difficult, uh, especially some of the hikes that I've done in the past in California or in Arizona, Texas, wherever I go, I try and do a hike. Um, relatively moderate and the cool thing you know I was able to get off a cool a lot of cool pictures um, I have some cool moments but I'll, I'll share this brief story uh, after walking towards the bridge and walking towards that side of the river there's another side where there's like a longer hike that loops around and it was going to be about two two and a half miles and so I wanted to do that because I looked it up on all trails shout out to all trails and I was like, okay, bet. But honestly, there was like no humans on that trail. Like I was the only one who hiked that trail and I didn't see anyone for the entire like, I want to say it was like a little bit over an hour that I was on that trail. And, you know, the grass was thick. There was a lot of bugs. It wasn't too, like, I'm not trying to make it sound like it was a bad time. I was having a great time. I had a podcast in, shout out to Jay Shetty's On Purpose. Uh, I was listening to an interview with Rick Rubin which uh, obviously I know his impact on the music industry, but never actually got to hear him speak and how he carries himself and how he thinks. So that was a really cool podcast. But as I'm finishing this loop, right, it was like two loops, right? There's two trails that looped and intersected with one another. And there's this other third trail that I could take that was a shortcut back to the parking lot where my car was parked. And I was finishing that second loop, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to go down this new third trail. I'm almost done. It's going to be a short walk. And as I'm walking, about 20 yards away, I see this black object 
in the bushes. And now this is a very densely wooded area. Like, yes, there's a bunch of tall trees, but there's these little ferns on the ground. There's like these taller bushes and some smaller and medium sized trees. So like there's a lot of green in this like wooded area. Like it's thick. Like you can't really you wouldn't be able to see an animal even if it was like five feet away from you in the side, uh, depending on the animal, obviously. But yeah, it, it would just be tough to navigate. Uh, without like if you went off the trail because it's so thick in the green and so anyways I see this black object I'm like oh it kind of looks like a really big dog and then sure enough it like turns towards uh, profile is facing me and it's a bear it's a black bear and this is a it, it's not a it's not a cub right it's not this little cub that's you know only a couple months old no I would say this is like it's not in a full adult size bear though um, even if it stood up I, I think we'd probably be around the same height maybe a little shorter the uh the, the the black bear that i saw but i freaked out i mean immediately freaked out i've seen well i haven't even seen no i haven't seen really any predators on a hike before i saw bears at yosemite but we were in the car when we saw them uh never seen a mountain lion or anything of that nature um obviously seen deer on certain hikes and elk and caribou even but um First time seeing a freaking bear that close. Like I said, I was 20 yards away, dog. And it was funny. Um, I I immediately kind of froze up and uh, immediately started backing away and also keeping my head on a swivel because I thought in my head, well, that's a young bear. Uh, good chance that it's still young enough to where the mom's walking around following it too. And sure enough, the, the bear saw me and then started running away like it started galloping away down that trail that i wanted to take that the shortcut right and i was like oh shit first of all plan has to be aborted i can't walk down that trail anymore i'll be crazy too but second of all now i'm like sweating and in my mind i'm, I'm frantic i'm frantically panicking i guess you don't have to frantically panic panic is already frantic i was panicking because i gotta think i'm thinking to myself this mama bear has to be close there has to be, and maybe there's more bears, you know what I mean? And now I have to walk back towards the this, the first loop that I did, and it's a little bit of a longer way, um, you know, instead of maybe having, you know, 10 more minutes of the hike, I had to do like a 30 more minute segment just to get away from the bear. And oh my gosh, it was, it was I can't describe to you as a listener other than just kind of almost, it's like being on the edge of your seat when you're watching a good movie, except for now you're in the movie. <laughs> now you're in the movie. The, the hairs on the back of your neck are standing up. Uh, you're sweating profusely. And it's like fight or flight, you know what I mean, kind of deal. And some of those instincts really had to kick in. And I was just hiking, keeping a brisk pace. Didn't want to start running and like panicking and end up tripping or doing something stupid or drawing more attention to myself. But I'm walking as fast as I can through this wooded area, kind of just constantly head on a swivel looking back to see if a bear was following me and also to see if in the wooded areas to my sides that there was any bears that might pop up. Uh, unfortunately, or actually not unfortunately, fortunately for me, there was no other bears seen on the rest of that hike. So we're good. Made it out safe, made it to my car, and oh, once I got to my car, it was such a huge sigh of relief. I mean, I I don't know how many of you have been in such a strenuous and stressful moment, whether it's through work, whether it's through kids, traffic, 
sometimes you're out in nature, whatever it may be, whatever, like for, and for a long extended period of time, right? Let's just say like an extended period of 20 to 35 minutes where you're stressed on edge, like constantly, like there's no break. Um, that's what it felt like. And so I was pretty exhausted. Uh, I got back to the car, snacked and changed some clothes and I was on my way. I was definitely glad to be in the car, the rental car, but oh my gosh, I was, um, Breathing pretty heavy, you could say, right? And so that was the hike at Jay Cook State Park. Really beautiful park if you ever get a chance. Come check it out here in Minnesota. And then uh, not too far away, about 20 minutes away, is the city of Duluth. Now, um, I had actually been told by this friend who was supposed to host me about Duluth. She actually recommended us going there. And so I still had that in mind. And then I actually had a buddy recently who told me he played um, football for, oof, I forget what college so i'm not i think it was a school in wyoming or maybe it was a, a school in one of the dakotas i think it was one of the dakotas but anyways he uh ended up playing like he played the university of duluth and he was just telling me like how it's such a beautiful city and blah 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 and, and this and the other and so i was like oh, okay cool like somebody else that i know knows about the city that i'm gonna go check out so i had looked up some things to do obviously planned ahead of time Got to there. Got to the city around um, eleven thirty. No, it was like close to twelve already. Called twelve noon. Um, parked the car, and it's a beautiful port city. Honestly, like, so Duluth sits on the tip, not the very tip, but like the tip of the North Shore, because obviously no border runs straight, right? And if you could picture a border of Minnesota, it kind of has that like half crescent towards the top. Well, it also crescents around Lake Superior, which obviously is part of the three great lakes that is in that north uh, region of the United States. And so Duluth is kind of like right before it starts curving into that little tip and that and like that um, the Duluth is right there. And so like it's pretty close. Like you could see Wisconsin and some of the little like Channel Islands, not the Channel Islands. Uh, I said Channel Islands because I'm used to the California Islands. But, you know, there's these little islands that extend out from Wisconsin in the water that you can kind of see. But anyways, Duluth is this crazy just little beautiful quaint town. I'm telling you, I don't know. I've never been to Boston. I've seen Boston in movies, pictures. My mom and my tias went to go uh, there a couple of years ago. It reminded me of Boston or like East Coast port city. And uh, I decided to go check out this uh, place from DD&D, Drivers, Diners, and Dives, uh, to show that my mom used to love watching. And I would sometimes watch it with her. And so every time we traveled... We would always try and look up a new place from that show in the area. And so I did. There's a place called Northern Waters Smokehouse. And oh my gosh. So they, they smoke a lot of fish because it is a port city. But they smoke some other things too. I just went for the uh, the famous sandwich that's out of there. It's called the, uh, the Cajun Fin. It's salmon that's smoked with Cajun seasoning as well. Oh my gosh. And they put these peppers and they put these uh, cream cheese, and they put this like aioli sauce that's just out of this world. And it's on this like artisano, like I don't want to say it's fancy, but it's on that artisano bread. You know what I mean? It's not just like regular sandwich bread on sourdough or whatever. It's like this artisano bread that has like the powdery stuff kind of on top, and it has that like almost like that English muffinish crunch on the outer shell. Oh my god! It was just just thinking about it makes me like get excited. And and cool little twist too that I got with the meal. There was a THC and CBD infused seltzer that I got at the place. They were selling it right there and then. 
Um, so I was kind of surprised by that. I didn't know Minnesota had a uh, very laxed or very open policy on THC. It was a very small dosage, five milligrams of THC, 25 milligrams of CBD. Definitely felt very relaxing uh, on the drive back. Um, I got to walk the pier, not the pier, it's more of like a boardwalk slash like right on the uh, edge where the lifeguard tower is, not the lifeguard, uh, lighthouse tower is. And um, got to take some great pictures, got to skip some rocks. I love skipping rocks, man. Skipping rocks, it, it feels weird because like I never lived in a river, near a river, excuse me, or a lake. I did go camping later, but like skipping rocks to me feels like such a pastime thing for me. And I didn't do it really that much in the past, honestly, at all, till I was like a teenager even. And uh, But it just feels so comforting. And I did that for a few minutes, uh, went to some gift shops, bought some souvenirs for some folks and myself and uh yeah and then i was on my way leaving duluth back to minneapolis because the rental car was due at six so i left duluth around two like i said it's about a two and a half hour drive which gave me time to go to the airbnb check in it's a beautiful spot here in the center of uh, downtown minneapolis um, it's a really old apartment building this complex has been up and running since the 1880s uh, there's like a little historical plaque right outside and it's really cool. The walls of the building have um, historical timeline stuff as well. So it's, it's actually really interesting. Something definitely right up my alley. And I'm glad that I'm staying here. Uh, turned in the car. Was able to get back and shower uh, by 6.30. And then I was just super drained, right? Because I only slept on the plane. And even the plane was broken sleep. But I would say I probably had about three and a half, maybe four hours of sleep total uh, coming from Wednesday to Thursday. So uh, I took a long nap. I was going to only try and take a 40-minute nap, but I overslept my alarm. Next thing you know, it was 9 o'clock, uh, which, again, it was well-deserved sleep. But um, I decided, well, I'm hungry. Like I, I only ate that sandwich. I snacked on um, some Sour Patch Kids, some popcorn. I brought a couple granola bars for the hike and after the hike. Um, but I needed some food. And so, obviously, the food options, even in downtown, especially on a Thursday, pretty limited. But I was able to go check out this place called Barrio. I had this really cool margarita and some ceviche. It was called Red Snapper Ceviche. So that was cool. And, um, yeah, and then I walked around a little bit, saw where Target Center is. I'm going to the Twins game tomorrow on Friday. Uh, but, yeah, honestly, it was just it was really good time, man, seeing how much green and how much nature and how honestly like i remember the first rest stop i stopped to take a leak at the air smells so fucking fresh dog like you'll you'll never i mean as someone who lives in like the city i, I wouldn't even say orange county is like the city city but like it's a very urban populated area there's always you know cars there's always uh sounds there's construction there's things and nothing that air doesn't smell fresh right because not like mexico i've been to mexico and that shit doesn't smell fresh at all but it's it's so fresh here, and there's so many lakes, right? It's the state of 10,000 lakes. As you're driving, there's a lake there. There's a lake there, a big one, small one, rivers, state parks. There's so many There's so many more places I want to check out, obviously, because I don't have the financial means to, like, rent a car all five days that I'm here. Uh, I won't be able to see all the hikes and waterfalls that I would like to. However, you know, uh, still will be able to check out a good amount of things, especially near downtown, because I am so close to everything. So... There's pros and cons to both. Um, but yeah, so that's day one of the Minnesota trip. That's how I'm here. 
do things by yourself, folks. Um, obviously, very intimidating. I remember first, like, getting down from the plane. I was like, fuck. Like, I am by myself in this new entire ass state, dog. Like, I don't know anybody in this. Oh, I guess I know one person in this state. But, like, I can't rely on that. Maybe in an emergency, I guess I could. But, knock on wood. Um, Yeah, man. It's just, it's <sighs> exciting. A little uncomfortable. But that's good, right? Because I was learning this week, um, even from the Rick Rubin podcast, they're talking about how you have to be uncomfortable in order to grow. And sometimes even like creating art, right? Sometimes you're sitting down in your chair that you usually write lyrics in. And for some reason, you can't write lyrics. Rick Rubin was talking about how some artists would like just sit in the chair upside down, you know what I mean? Or lay on it, lay on the ground. Um, and sometimes that could spark a little bit more creativity just by changing your position. And I think naturally as humans, we have to be constantly challenged and stimulated, uh, not in the means like always like looking for, you know, a new fix, but more so like there has to be challenges, both physical and mental placed ahead of you in order for you to kind of grow and stay sharp, if that makes sense. Um, and I think I think that's huge as part of the human experience. You need to grow not only physically, but mentally and spiritually as well. So definitely recommend you guys take a solo trip. It doesn't have to be Minneapolis. I like nature, so I ended up uh, coming here. But yeah, definitely 10 out of 10 recommend taking a solo trip. Just fucking go, man. And maybe it's a, whether it's one or two days, three days, however long you think you can manage and obviously you can afford I strongly recommend y'all take that chance if you can get it. Now we're going to take a quick break, sip a little bit more of this Perrier. The buzz is wearing off from the margarita, by the way. Um, but yeah, we'll be right back. <sighs> All right, segment two. And we were talking about A Bear earlier. Now we're going to actually talk about the show, The Bear, on Hulu. It's an FX produced show. And arguably, I would say season two, I mean, look, obviously, it's, uh, what do you call that, like, it's the freshest in our minds, and it's recency bias, right? But it might be one of the best shows on streaming platforms available right now, especially season two. So do yourself a favor, if you haven't seen this show yet, pause this podcast, come back to it later, watch season one if you haven't already. And then watch season two, man. And it's it's a freaking phenomenal show. So just to kind of give you a little rundown, again, a lot of spoiler alerts here. If you plan on watching it, this is your time now. Check the fuck out. Come back to this podcast later. Um, but it highlights around this one dude. His name is Carmen. Well, there's a couple of actually main characters, but let's just start with Carmen. Um, and in season one, he takes over his brother's restaurant. His brother overdosed on drugs and had this restaurant in Chicago called The Beef. And it's your typical, like, I want to use a, a comparison of, like, what a, my hometown had. But, like, kind of like you're just, like, burger joint. But not a burger joint. But it was a sandwich spot. And it's one of those places that, you know, has good food. But it's a little dirty. Uh, maybe the seats aren't and tables are kind of janky. And it just, you kind of see the the bare bones of this restaurant not only on the outer half but like in the inside too as far as like in the kitchen and what goes on and how hectic carmen is trying to run this place especially because he was he went to school to be a great chef and traveled the world and chefed for different restaurants and different 
other great chefs and worked at one of the best, highest, prestigious chef, uh, restaurants in the city of New York. So he's coming, you know, with that background to this like kind of dumpy Chicago sandwich shop. And he's trying to keep it afloat. It seems like he's doing it for his brother, but I feel like season one is so hectic, right? The theme is like crazy hecticness. How do you thrive off this anxiety and, and, and chaos? And season two, it's nice because it almost takes a step back and kind of you get to take a look at why everything is so hectic, why there is so much chaos, what exactly happened um, to these people earlier in their lives. And there's a great episode. Oh, my God. I mean, you could honestly start with this episode because it's a backstory episode. Season two, episode six, called Fishes. I think it's called Seven Fishes. Oh, my God. Just a beautiful piece of cinema. Now, the bear has their, like, main characters, right? Um, and, they're you know, they ha- and they have some pretty... I know the main dude, Carmen, was in Shameless. So, uh, you know, he's definitely a recognizable face. Everyone else is kind of relatively new. Um, newer to the scene at least. Shout out to Elboy, by the way. Elboy plays Marcus, who is the dessert chef at this restaurant. So, shout out to Elboy, doing some serious uh, acting now, uh, part of the Loiter Squad and Odd Future Gang. But anyways, in episode six of season two, they get all these heavyweights. They get Jamie Lee Curtis, Ben Odenkirk, uh, Barenthal. I forgot his first name. I think it's Robert. Some, something Barenthal, you know what I mean? He's, in, he's like that tough guy who plays in a lot of action movies. They get all these great actors and actresses in this uh, episode to play extended family members that we don't typically see. And, oh my gosh, it's just a beautiful piece of cinema. And I think what I like most about this season two and just this show in general, right? Because I said season one was so chaotic. Season two, they're explaining why. It's so chaotic, and they're explaining who these people were before the chaos. Uh, what I liked about from season one to season two and just the show in general, uh, Carmen is trying to open up a new restaurant, and he's ditching the beef, opening up uh, the restaurant called The Bear. That's why the show is called that. And um, it's a bitch. It's a bitch and a half. But in order for these people, not only Carmen, but his sous chef and other chefs that he works with, and the front of house, his cousin and his sister, in order for them to open this restaurant, they have to go on to these individual journeys of redemption, of growth, of healing. They actually have to come confront certain demons that they were avoiding from in their past. And they do so, so beautifully, right? Like there's a few episodes where they just highlight, you know, someone like Marcus's journey, right? And he goes to Copenhagen to learn from this chef about desserts and and crazy stuff like that then there's sydney and she has kind of a solo episode and then there's richie who has a solo episode after episode six he's episode seven titled forks it's such a great great fucking stories of redemption and these people growing um and, and i felt like this show promoted growth in myself as well you know what i mean i think that's the beautiful thing of art um tv shows are art whether it's music or a book or something like that but like this tv show promotes growth and i think that's so fucking cool because uh, there's not a lot of tv shows out there that kind of have that effect on me so shout out to the bear again i could go on and on but i don't want to give too many spoilers especially for those who haven't watched it uh but definitely 
pulling for you guys to watch it if you guys get the chance to. It's on Hulu and FX. You'll thank me later. And yeah, with that being said, let's get into some of the concluding concluding parts of the show. Quick little Perrier sip. The bubbly is like not overwhelming, which is kind of nice because that's what I was kind of worried about. Um, but yeah, pretty solid. Anyways. So song of the week, song of the episode. I keep saying song of the week, but I'm not recording these every week, so kind of defeats the purpose. But the song of the episode, folks, it's going to be titled To Summer, comma, From Cole, dash, Audio Hug. Now, if you're a J. Cole fan, you know exactly what this song is and what it's about. I'm going to give a little rundown and why it means so much to me and why I chose it to be the song of the episode. Uh, first of all, J. Cole is one of my favorite artists in hip-hop uh, in the game, you know, the past decade or so now. Um, so what's cool is this song, it's a very short song. It's not even, well, it's a little over two minutes, but there's less than like a minute 30 of rapping. And it, like I said, the title is called To Summer, comma, From Cole, Audio Hug. So maybe Summer Walker asked J. Cole for... A snippet on something and just didn't get back to it he kind of explains that in the opening lines of the lyrics uh, but there's this really good stretch of bars that I kind of want to highlight towards the end in the last 40 seconds of the song right so uh, <clears throat> like I said he sends this audio hug to her right and so he's going on uh, talking about how she's having kids and how he, since he's had kids it made him more sensitive um, but he says, but never mind that, I'm back, I'm sending you this little audio hugs, right, in hopes that you smile, forgetting the stress that piles from all the above, the more that we hurt, the harder we love, as soon as it's gone, we gotta re-up, it's just like a drug, if people knew half of the pressure, they'd know that it's hard to be her, I'm sending you, SZA, Ari, my love, I'm sending you, comma, SZA, and Ari, my love, Y'all holding us down. Y'all holding the crowns. I keep going on and on. Um, but there's that stretch, right? In hopes that you smile, forgetting the stress that piles from the, all the above. Right? And obviously he's saying that to Summer Walker. But I think he could just kind of, you can use that generically to the listener who's listening to that. Right? As a listener, I was like, oh, this is taking a lot ease off of the stresses that I'm dealing with. Right? And then he goes on to say, quote, the more that we hurt. The harder we love, as soon as it's gone, we gotta re-up. It's just like a drug. End quote. Man, that that is so relatable. I think a lot about how love and the chasing of feelings feels. It feels so addicting, and obviously, like. I want to be with somebody and, and eventually have a a kid. I, I envisioned it, right? And I could still somewhat envision it. It's a little bit more difficult now through this life path I've been on. But, you know, the, the opportunity to settle down with somebody, uh, build a family, and, and spend that person with, you know, the rest of our lives, I, I like that. You know, I like the sound of that. Um but I know there's a lot more steps that I need to take in this personal growth journey in order to have that and to not only to have that, but to 
to sustain that because I think if I got that, I wouldn't be able to sustain it and I would lose it very quickly. But that line where the more that we hurt, the harder that we love is so true. Whatever traumas that you're dealing with, whatever that you have going on currently in the past, uh, it teaches you to love hard, right? And whether it's love for a family member, love for your job, you know, I, I coach and I have so much love for the, the students and athletes that I coach. Um, and as soon as it's gone, right, whether it's some of my players graduating and moving on, uh, whether it's, you know, not seeing family anymore, even if, in past lovers, right, losing an ex, uh, you're always looking for the re-up now, right? You're looking for not so much that same person, right? But you're looking for that feeling that that person gave you. And in hindsight, you know, I think it sounds a little unhealthy, right? It sounds like a little bit of a dependent, not so much a dependency, but, you know, more of a, a an urge. But it is like a drug. Sometimes love does feel like a drug. And the pursuit of love and... The initial stages of catching feelings and, you know, however you guys feel about that process, wherever you guys are in your life, whether you have a girlfriend or, or single. But I'm sure a lot of you guys can call back to a time where just it felt so good to be with this particular individual. And um, I just thought that lyric was so powerful. So shout out to J. Cole. Again, the song of the episode is To Summer, comma, From Cole dash audio hug and now we will get into the existential thought of the episode so i like to end these late night sessions with an existential thought something that kind of just makes you dig deep whether it's about yourself about human society um, this one's going to be a little bit more history based so on the uh, way back from dropping off my rental car i took an uber ride with the man from india i'm not gonna try and pronounce his name because i didn't get to ask and i don't want to butcher his name even if he never listens to this uh just out of respect i don't want to butcher a name but anyways this dude from india was talking about how because i asked him had he ever seen the taj mahal and he said he had and then he went on about a little bit about india's history and how that particular king who went on and built the taj mahal who was well, which was a tomb for his wife that king did a lot of fucked up shit, man. He, <laughs> as people were building the Taj Mahal, he didn't really explain it super well in the car, but he did explain that the king would chop off people's hands that worked on the Taj Mahal. And I was like, yo, that's fucking wild. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure too, like this was some real like savage shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like he didn't have him laying down on a table. Like he just had some goons and just like fucking chop off his hands and fucking did it. You know what I mean? And, on some real badass shit, but then anyways, well, I guess not that badass, but you know what I mean, um, but point of the being, and what I want to get to is, we were talking about how the British state, or conquered India, not, I want to say conquered, but they colonized India, and were there for 200 plus years, and he was talking about how India was known as like one of the gold capitals of the world, and there was just a lot of precious diamonds and stuff in the area and how Britain really pillaged them dry. And even the crown that Queen Elizabeth wore has this really beautiful pinkish diamond in the front. And that was actually a diamond that belonged to one of the 
princesses, or I think, I don't know if he said queen or a princess, in India back in the day. And it's just this beautiful, you know, brighter pink diamond that's pretty big that sits on the top of her, or excuse me, the front of the crown. And I guess the thought and the question that I'll leave you guys with is, you know, because we, then we went on to have this conversation about how many countries have been affected by not only the British, right? I don't want to just leave it out to them, but how many have been affected by colonization. And you look at all the African countries and how far back they are as far as like infrastructure and resources, education and sanitation, different stuff like that. And even countries in South America too, right? But all these European countries, whether it's Spain, Portugal, um, the Netherlands, uh, Britain, you know, what I mean, all these countries colonize these other countries and really just use them for their resources. Um, and there's a lot of fucked up things there. You know, what I mean, I can go on and on about that. But I just the thought and question I'll leave you guys with is what would the world look like had there been no European colonization by any of those European countries? And how different would a country like India look like? How different would a country like, you know, the Ghanas, the Ivory Coast, the Kenyas, um, the South Africas, the Ch the Chiles, the Bolivias, all these countries that you think of maybe poor, third world. Um, there were once colon a colony of a European country. What would they look like today? And with that, I will end the Mike and I Late Night Sessions, Episode 5. Like I said, man, I want, wanted to do a shorter episode. We're approaching 40 minutes. I think we're just a little bit above 40 minutes, actually. So uh, I'm going to end this now. Please like, subscribe, follow the podcast. Wherever you may be listening on, tell a friend to tell a friend. And maybe you pass on the podcast to someone who also likes it, and you guys can talk about it uh, at a different time. Again, I'm Noel Alvarez. Thank you guys for your time, whether you're a day one listener or relatively new to this show. Um, I like getting my ideas out there, and I appreciate it when people are listening and give me feedback as well. So good looking out to all of you. Hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week and continue to have a great July. All right, peace.